Thanks, everyone. Just give me a moment whilst I um, set myself up here. How are we all doing? <laughs> um, good, we're all doing well. Um, again, it's an honor and a privilege to be here, so um, I'll just dive straight in, eh? Uh, let's start with some prayer. Let's, let's pray. He honore he kuroria ki te atua, he mangarongo ki te whenua, he whakaro pai ki ngā tangata katoa, hanga e te atua he ngā kauhau, ki roto ki tēnā ki tēnā o mātou, whakatongia tō wairua tapu, he afina he tohu tohu ia mātou, he ako hoki, excuse me, he ako hoki i ngā mahi mō tēne rā. All honour, all glory, all praise to the Creator God, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and the name above every name. Just like Jesus declared uh, peace to the storm, today we declare peace to the land. We thank you that the gospel that you preached and you brought, Jesus, is for all creation, that you broke every curse and therefore there is now harmony between mankind and the land. So to Today we declare harmony to the land. We declare peace to the land. We declare land thrive in Jesus' name. God, I thank you that the thoughts that you have for us outnumber the grains of sand that there are on planet Earth. And every thought is of peace and prosperity to give us future and a hope. But they're not just random thoughts out there somewhere. They are thoughts that you think towards us towards us. It's like plane after plane after plane, carrying payload after payload after payload of your goodness, your kindness, your grace, your mercy, your love, and your faithfulness. Lord, would you reveal to us the new heart that you've placed inside of us, that we are new creations. The old has gone and the new has come. You've taken out our heart of stone and given us a heart of flesh, a soft, malleable heart, able to be moulded by the great potter. Holy Spirit, would you come and make us your dwelling place? Would you come rest on us? Would you come help us, guide us, and comfort us as we listen to your word today? In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Ake, ake, ake. Amen. I said it before, and I'll say it again, and I'll keep on saying it until I feel like I don't need to say it anymore. God is on the move in our midst. We've been camping around this passage in uh, Song of Songs 2 for a few months now. And in there it says that the early signs of His purposes and plans are bursting forth. And I believe firmly that that is what we're in the midst of right now. I'm not sure if all of us have fully grasped that reality quite yet. 
it's really easy to look around and see what God isn't doing. But I'm telling you this, we are in the midst of his, the early signs of His plans and purposes bursting forth around us. Uh, and there's testimony after testimony after testimony, even just in our Bethel community, uh, but none more so clear than this to demonstrate the point. We bought a building. What was just a pipe dream about four months ago uh, turned into the, the biggest offering that Bethel has ever given uh, at the end of last year, which then turned into about, how many ducks, Andy, did you say last week? 20 to 30 ducks, just like, whoop, 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 to quote Andy, uh, all coming in a row, and boom, like, I don't know, it, it, is, is the purchase amount uh, uh, okay to share? Yeah, well, it's like, what well, it's, it turned into millions of dollars, basically. Like, just it's just, yeah, it's crazy. And I don't even think, here's the thing, I don't even think it's a miracle. It's like, what? I literally, honestly, I think this is just God doing God things. <laughs> this, is, this is God just outworking His, His favour and His blessing towards us. It's not even a miracle. Right? <laughs> and, and so this is, why I'm, this is why I'm trying to help people wake up and see God is on the move in our midst. But here's the thing. In Song of Songs 2, even though, even though destiny is literally bursting forth around us, what I preached about last time was that God still has one priority in the middle of it all. And that one priority is relationship with us. That's still His priority, which blows my mind that that is His priority. <laughs> but that is His priority. And, um, and with that, He wants to work with us in catching all those little things that hinder our relationship with Him and His, well, no, our relationship with Him. Um, and those little things I talked about last time, if you remember, were those sly little foxes. Um, and what's been awesome is that I think kind of unwillingly and unknowingly, and the messages since then from Matt and Andy has been identifying fox after fox after fox after fox and giving us weapon after weapon after weapon to just like hunt these things down and nail them. It's been awesome. So if, if you've missed any messages uh, in the last kind of couple of months, I'd really suggest, highly suggest uh, just checking out the podcast, um, BethelNZ.org. Go check it out. There's a few messages up there. It is well worth your time to go and re-listen to those things. Um, I promise you. Uh, and this morning what I want to do is um, carry on down the same track, uh, identify... Um, maybe another fox, um, and uh, give us give us some uh, ammo and some weapons, and maybe hunt that thing down. How's that sound? Awesome.
So I think it's awesome that God's priority in the middle of it all is you and I, right? It's His relationship with us. Now, it's awesome, but the question for me is why? Like, why? Like, He's God. Why would His priority be you and me? It doesn't, it's kind of, it, of all the things that the God, the creator of the universe, all-powerful, all-knowing, just God, of all the things that could be his priority, of all the things that could be his priority, especially in the middle of his plans and his purposes, purposes being made a reality in, in this world, why is his priority us? Why is his priority uh, this con- connection with us? Um, and what I want to propose to us this morning is that his priority is us because simply he wants us. See, in the beginning was God. There was just God. And I think there was God, and, and I wonder if maybe he had this thought, and that thought was you and I. Um, and he decided, actually, I think those guys are actually really cool. I think I want to be with these guys. So what happened? Well, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the heavens and the earth. And then he said, let us make man in our image, and he made us. And, you know, the outflow of Adam and Eve is basically us. It's pretty crazy, right? And, but what happened was that Adam and Eve did something stupid. And um, there's this big thing that got in the way of our relationship with God. And what happens is for the rest, uh, for a massive chunk of the Bible, is God pretty much spends thousands of years planning and scheming to get us back. Because what did he want? He wanted us in the first place. And so he created a place and then something got in the way. So he's going to spend all of his time getting that thing out the way so that he could what? Be with us. And then what's going to happen in the future, right at the end of it? What's, what's God's like end goal here? Well, Revelations tells us, behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. At the end of it all, what does he get? You and I. So it kind of makes sense then that we are his priority, right? I think that some of you are looking at me like, a little bit funny. I think I need to do some convincing. Um, I decided very early on in uh, my relationship with Emma that I wanted to marry her. In fact, it was about three months in, at the ripe old age of 17. I'm going to marry this girl. There's lots of things I could say about that that I won't, but that's okay. 
I've got lots to share, so I will not go down any rabbit trails. Uh, but um, we've been after about after we'd been together dating for about two years. Um, I was in my second year of Bible college. Emma was in her first year of Bible college. She decided to go and study and do an internship at a church in Hamilton. And I was staying in Rangiora, uh, just north of Christchurch. And so we were doing a long distance relationship for a year. Um, as, yeah. Um, um, that year was uh, for both of us and in... Um, an incredible acceleration of personal growth year, uh, the likes of which I don't think either of us have um, been a part of, like experienced since. There was so much growth happening that year in each of us personally that it was incredible. Um, I think we were, we could easily look back at the person that we were the week before and almost not recognize them. That's how much God was doing in our lives at the time. It was it was awesome. Uh, which, by the way, plug Kingdom Life School. You should check it out. Um, uh, nothing like Bible college to accelerate your growth. Um, so it was about halfway through the year. Uh, Emma came back and uh, celebrated my birthday with me, which was awesome. But just before she was um, about to go back, she says, hey, Connor, I'd really like to talk with you. I was like, okay. Uh, it's probably just this long distance thing. We need probably just need to figure some things out. Uh, you know, long distance is simultaneously really lame, and really awesome. Really lame because it's long distance. Really awesome because you learn to love each other in a way that you would, and appreciate each other in, in ways that you never ever would have appreciated without long distance. Um, probably anyone who knows me that year, like the DFs would um, tell you that that was the most, I was probably the most miserable person to be around that year, I didn't re- like my my hair was scraggly. My it was just I did not look after myself. Right, long distance is hard. Um, <laughs> um, but it was awesome at the same time. Um, so I just thought, oh yeah, maybe we've just got some some things to figure out. That's 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 all good. And by the way, Emma gave me permission to share this story, um, but I'm going to put this week the asterisks in front of it. This is the Connor rendition of the story. Um, Emma, as you would imagine, is much more graceful and kind than what Connor is. Um, I'm much more blunt, so the Connor rendition might be a little bit more blunt than, than what the actual reality was. Is that okay? Um, so this is the Connor rendition. It, it, it doesn't necessarily bear an accurate representation of, of what Emma said or actually did, okay? You with me? Um, so we have this conversation. And she goes, Connor, this year is a crazy year. I'm like, tell me about it. She goes, I, God is doing so much in my life 
Um, and I barely recognize the person that I was last week. And so I don't, I, I'm, I'm just not sure where this is all going and what's what this is going to end up like. Um, and so um, there's just so many things I don't know. Like, I don't know who I'm going to be next week, let alone at the end of the year, let alone for the rest of time. So I, I don't, I'm not sure whether like us journeying together is, is, I don't know how far that's going to go. I don't know. Uh, I just, I just don't know where this is going. I'm sitting there like, so what? What are you saying? And in Connor's bluntness, I'm just like, so are you saying you don't want to marry me? You don't want to be with me anymore? He's like, well, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I don't know if I want that anymore. As you would imagine, in that moment, for me, this came out of the blue. So I'm sat there going, feeling like the person that I love the most in the world has just sat me down, slowly taken out a dagger, (laughs) edged closer and closer to me, and just stabbed it in my chest. (laughs) I can kind of laugh about it now, but man, at the time, that was probably the most painful thing. Um, and I'm sharing it kind of comically, otherwise it would be really intense. But it's so painful, right? So painful. I, um, in, in these kind of really painful situations, all of us have, uh, we'll, we'll have one of three responses, right? We, we're either going to fight come out swinging and punching and screaming and as loudly, as aggressive as you can. Uh, Flight, run and hide, get out of there. Or freeze, which is me. I am a chronic freezer. (laughs) And so what what I found myself starting to do, and uh, I'm not, I, I don't freeze as badly as what I used to, but back then, in particular, uh, when I froze, I really froze. In the space of about five to six seconds, I would, uh, I would not be in the uh, I would physically be in the room, but I would not be in the room. <laughs> like, not there whatsoever. You could talk to me, you could probably touch me. You could come in and out of the room, vacuum, scream, whatever. I would not be there and I would not notice. Uh, and I could be easily in that state, at least an hour just like, just like frozen. Um, and, and whilst I was phys- that was happening physically in my head, what would be happening was that I would be going through every single possible negative outcome that could possibly come from this situation, right? And in- inevitably, it would end up all being my fault, right? So I would just roll around like this and it would inevitably end up being like quite the brilliant, uh, well, brilliant's one word, uh, horrific is another, self-loathing session, right? 
just hating on myself, just sat there in my own world, just hating on myself. I love how much you're laughing at this, is brilliant. <laughs> um, Dee, just, Dee just said, he's supposed to be encouraging you, not laughing at you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I know. And so, and so Emma, here we are in the middle of this conversation and Emma says, drops the bomb, right? And there I am, I feel myself slipping real quick. Um, like I say, it happens over about five or six seconds and I'm gone and I feel myself slipping. But as I feel myself slipping into freezing, this voice, probably the clearest I've ever heard God speak, this voice says, Connor, if you do this right now, you'll lose her. And I went, God, do you know how much pain I'm in right now? I need to do this to protect myself. I'm in too much pain. And besides, if I say or do anything right now, I'm likely to make this worse. This is my inner monologue, by the way. It's just not necessarily true, but this is what I was saying to myself. If I say or do anything, I'm likely to make I'm likely to make this worse, and I really will lose her. So I need to freeze. He says to me, Connor, if you do this right now, you'll lose her. I said, Well, as sarcastically as I could, I said, Well, God. Seeing as you seem to know what I should do. (laughs) What should I do? As someone who is in a lot of pain would respond. He says this to me. He says, Connor, every day I move closer to you. Every day... I bear my heart to you. I tell you I love you. I lavish you with blessing after blessing after blessing. And every day, I don't know whether you're going to respond. Many days, many weeks, you don't. Someday you might even turn around and tell me you hate me. But every day, without knowing what your response is going to be, I move closer anyway. I sent my son to die on the cross just for the chance of having connection with you because that's what my love looks like. Just for the chance. So even though you don't know what Emma's response is going to be at the end of all of this, I want you to move closer to her and pursue her every day anyway. As soon as he said that, I could I um I stopped. The the, the freezing sensation stopped and I came right back to my senses. And I looked over at Emma and um she was crying hardcore crying, um, and I started to curl up into a ball and physically shake. And I, um, 
whilst I, I had stopped that freezing sensation, my body was still on red alert. Every bone in my body was like, whoop, 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 whoop. Don't do it. Don't do anything. Don't say anything. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. If you say something, it's going to go. It's like my whole body, my whole being was, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Heart pounding. But I chose to listen to what God said. And I chose to push through and move closer anyway. So I moved closer and um, gave her a hug. And as soon as I gave her a hug, the whole atmosphere of the room shifted. Uh, you You could literally sense fear leave the room. Uh, why? Because perfect love casts out all fear. Um, I, I, um, I remember the sense of, of shame just dripping off Emma. It was just like, just gone, just like melting away. Um, and uh, long story short, we're now married seven and a, and a bit years. So, um, So that's awesome, but uh, and in our wedding vows, we vowed that we would always move closer to each other, even when it's scary, because of this moment right here. God always moves closer anyway. So I'm just going to smash out a little bit of scripture. I'm going to go through it pretty quick. Um, So uh, hopefully you can roll with me. And it might not make a whole lot of sense to start off with, uh, but I'll tie it all together um, pretty quick. Is that all right? You can roll with me. So I'm going to start off. Surprise, surprise, in Song of Songs 2, uh, verse 11. Um, and I'm in the, pas- the Passion Translation again. Um, so verse 11. The season has changed. The bondage of your barren winter has ended. And the season of hiding is over and gone. Everyone say, the season of hiding is over. I'm going to skip down to about halfway through verse 13. Uh, Arise, my love, my beautiful companion, and run with me to the higher place. For now is the time to arise and come away with me. For you are my dove Hidden in the split open rock. Everyone say, hidden in the split open rock. It was I who took you and hid you up high in the secret stairway of the sky. Let me see your radiant face and let me hear your sweet voice. How beautiful your eyes of worship and lovely your voice in prayer. And then, of course, verse 15, you must catch the troubling foxes, those sly little foxes that hinder our relationship. Um, So in the Garden of Eden, it was Adam and Eve. 
And that was kind of God, it was a picture of God's plan, right? And right, physically naked, but it was also a, a picture of the transparency, the open-heartedness, the uh, God walking with them uh, in the morning and, and at night. And I can imagine those conversations were, were very open and honest and transparent. There was nothing hidden, right? Um, but then Adam and Eve, uh, they stuffed up, they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And what did they do? They covered themselves they, they put a mask on, they put walls up to protect themselves. And then what did they do? They went and hid from God. Yeah? yeah? Right. A little bit later on, we have Moses. I often refer to Moses for some reason, and it all, nearly always ends up being when Moses is uh, leading the Israelites to the promised land. And that's what I'm referencing again today. So here they are, Moses leading the Israelites out of the promised land. And the Israelites are complaining, surprise, surprise, but they are complaining that they are thirsty. We're thirsty. We need, we need some water, Moses. So Moses goes, hey, God, the people are thirsty. And God goes, okay, what I want you to do is I'm going to take your staff. And you see that rock over there? Go and whack it. Okay, I'll do that. I'll, I'll do that, God. Moses takes his, his staff, goes over to the rock, whacks the rock. Water comes gushing out of this rock. And enough water so that a whole nation of people quench their thirst. Fast forward a little bit more. We're still with Moses. Uh, but now Moses is up on Mount Sinai. Um, and he says, he's having this uh, time with God. And he says, God, show me your glory. Remember, they're all the way up on, on the top of a mountain, all the way up high. And Moses says, God, show me your glory. And God says, yep, I will allow my goodness to pass before you, but you can't see my face for you'll surely die. Uh, that's just the nature of the Old Testament covenant. Um, and so what God does is he finds a, a cleft in the rock or a wee little cave, a wee little uh, split in the rock. And... Um, and, and hides Moses in the cleft of the rock and then pass, allows his, his goodness to pass before him uh, so Moses can somewhat experience God's glory, right? I know you're all looking at me funny. I, I told you it might not make sense, but bear with me a little bit longer. Fast forward a little bit more, we have Jesus on the cross crucified for us and he's given his life. He said it is finished and his life has been given. Uh, one of the Roman soldiers decides to check that um, the two criminals either side of Jesus have actually died. Um, and then he checks on Jesus. 
And it looks like Jesus actually has passed on. But just to make sure, just to make sure, uh, he takes his spear and stabs his side and punctures him. And out of his side comes gushing water and blood. Fast forward a little bit more, and we have Paul writing. I'm pretty sure it was Paul. And Paul writes that Jesus was the rock in the desert that Moses struck. So we have, bear with me, bear with me. We have this picture of Jesus, our rock and our salvation, pierced for us. And out of his life flows the waters of salvation, enough to quench the thirst of all nations. And so back to the Song of Songs passage in verse 11, the the season has changed. The bondage of your barren winter has ended and the season of hiding is over and gone. The season of hiding from what? The season of hiding from God is over and gone. We don't need to hide from God anymore. Why? Arise, my love, my beautiful companion, and run with me to the higher place. For now is the time to arise and come away with me. For you are my dove, hidden in the split open rock. It is I who took you and hid you there. I think the time of being hidden in Christ is here and now. See, God wants you. He wants to see your radiant face and see your eyes of worship. And how can He see our radiant face if we've got masks on? If we got walls up, we got layers of protection all around us. If we're hiding from him, how is he going to see our face? How is he going to see our face if we're laden with shame and we're like this? He wants to see our eyes. And there's only one way that you see someone else's eyes and that's by looking right at their face. The season of hiding from God is over, but the season of being hidden in Christ is here. See, He just wants you. You are the prize that He gets at the end of it all. So the only thing of any value that you could ever offer him at any given moment is you. I'm going to say that again. The only thing 
of any value that you could ever offer him in any given moment is you. And it doesn't matter what state you think you're in when you're offering you. Because nothing you can ever say or do will ever change the value that he has placed on you. That's really good, Connor. Um, that's really cool. I'm glad, you know, God, God loves me that much. But um, this, I don't see how this actually like practically works for me. Like what does this actually look like for me in my life? Great question, Connor. I'm glad you asked. One of the things that I've been practicing over the last uh, four years or so um, is asking my heart, hey, heart, how are you really doing? And can you please share with the rest of us how you're really doing? Not just me, but can you please share with God too? And usually when I ask that question of my heart, my heart obliges pretty quickly. Um, and an outcome spilling, uh, for me, it's either... Um, it's either words, like I'm either talking to myself or it's just thoughts that come rushing out. Um, I know for Emma, she, Emma does a lot of journaling. Um, I used to do uh, a lot of walking and I would walk and I would process this. Uh, for others, it might look like painting. Uh, sometimes I've uh, picked up the guitar and just started playing some music to express what it is that I'm actually feeling in a moment. It might look differently for you, but this is, this is, this is what it might look like for me. And so I'll ask my heart that question and out, out it comes. And oftentimes, uh, I mean, the, the last four years for me has been... Uh, there's been quite a few rough patches in there. So more often than not, my heart's response is quite raw, <laughs> um, quite colourful language uh, that I wouldn't necessarily share with most people um, and definitely wouldn't repeat on the microphone. Um, but that's, that's, that's what comes out, Right? Um, even even yesterday, um, I, I was I found myself as I was preparing a little bit for today. I found myself pacing. I was like, "Oh, this is strange. I don't normally pace." So oh, maybe maybe it's time I should practice my own practice what I preach here and ask my heart what's going on. So I said, "Heart, what's what's going on here?" Um, and and real quick, I said to myself, "Connor, I'm really flipping scared." I'm so scared about sharing tomorrow. I, feel, I just, I'm just so scared. I feel myself start to shake. <sighs> I was like, oh, wow, okay. 
Well, why, why are you scared? Well, I just, I just don't feel like, who am I to have this microphone and be sharing? <laughs> like, who am I? Like, honestly, I'm just not, I'm just not worthy to, to be sharing anything. Like, why do these people continue to ask me to keep on sharing? It makes no sense. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but that's honestly, that's, that's just how I was, that's how I was feeling in the moment. And so I say, God, well, look, this is how I'm feeling right now. This is my offering to you right now. I'm really scared. This is what I have to offer you. And what I found is every time, no matter what, whether I am literally on top of the world because everything is going brilliantly, or whether I'm not having a very good week or day or month or year, or whether things are looking pretty ugly, or whether I'm feeling like I am the world's worst screw-up. And in that moment, that's what I have to offer God. Every single time, every single time, I am met with love. And I am met with great gratitude from the Creator. And He says to me, Connor, I am so, so glad that you've chosen to share that with me today. If you want some uh, biblical precedence for this kind of uh, questioning and, uh, and just kind of spilling your guts and God's response, there is 150 chapters of it in the book of Psalms. A lot of them written by David, right? And most of them go something like this. Blah. He just lays it out exactly how it is. Whether he wants to, whether he wants God to take him from the planet or take his enemies from the planet, which is more often than not, um, or whether he's on top of the world, he just lays it out. God, this is how it is. But the key is, the key is not just leaving it as, this is how it is. Right? The key is, okay, God, what is your response to that? Because uh, just like in the Psalms, you're probably going to be, after you just lay it out, God gives his response and you're probably going to be left with a feeling something like this. God, your faithfulness reaches to the heavens and your love reaches to the skies. Surely your goodness and your kindness and your mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And you might go backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards. And back. It's probably what's going to happen. It happens in the Psalms too, backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards. But that's what it looks like. But 
The thing is, lay down the masks. Lay down those protective walls, those protective barriers. It might sound like I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. It might even sound like wisdom. Hey, I need to protect my heart in this. Are you sure that that is wisdom? Or is that just fear? Because God moves closer to you anyway. So you should probably, I I shouldn't shit on you, but you could, you have an opportunity to move closer to Him too every day. So I'm going to finish with uh, a little bit of creative writing that I, um, that I wrote quite a few years ago. And my prayer is that as I pray this, uh, well, read this, sorry, that um, some of those masks and barriers and walls that, that, that uh, we all have would just be shattered as I'm reading this. Are you with me? Um, Joel, do you want to jump on the keys for me, please? (laughs) All right, James, do you want to jump up instead for me? Um, Thanks. Um, I should have asked this probably about three minutes ago, so you had time to prepare. That is my bad. God wants you. God wants you. Us. All right. I just start talking, and James, feel free just to crack on playing as I'm speaking. All right, let's everyone close your eyes. Since before time began. There has been someone longing to capture your heart, yearning to shower you with goodness and bursting with excitement at just the thought of meeting with you. In fact, there was so much joy when he first thought of you that he couldn't contain it. Darkness turned to light and black and white turned to glorious technicolor as the universe in all of its glory was spoken into being from the vivid imagination of the Creator. Stars were hung in the sky. Planet after planet was formed and fashioned. The depths of oceans and many lands were forged on planet Earth. Birds sang their first song since time began. Flowers blossomed and their fragrances filled their air and all the beasts of the field were in perfect harmony. But what was the reason for this outburst of creativity? Well, the reason for it was you. The reason this universe was created is you. He saw you, everything about you and wanted to share love with you. So He spoke into being a place where you could live 
but not just any place. He created paradise. And in the midst of paradise, the Creator handcrafted the pinnacle of all creation and breathed life into them. Humankind is His masterpiece. Unlike anything throughout the universe, because we were made in His very image, likeness and nature. You are His masterpiece. Thank you so much, Connor. What an amazing word. I'm so glad that you had the courage to share that with such strength and boldness today. We love you. We honour you. Keep your eyes closed because I want to ask this question. If you are here and you do not know Jesus Christ, I have one simple statement to make about Jesus towards you. It is this. God loves you and He wants you. So my simple question is, will you respond to His love today? If you haven't responded to the love of Christ, I want to invite you and you can say yes to Jesus for the first time or if you've fallen away from God, you've once known Him and you've turned away, but you know that now is your time to turn back to Him. My invitation is, would you quickly lift up your hand if that is you? So right now across this room, if God is saying, will you respond to my love? Then I'm asking while eyes are still closed in this atmosphere of His love, will you slip up your hand and say, you know what, it's time for me to respond. Who is there that would say yes to Jesus right now? Is there anyone here? Is there anyone here? Would you say yes and respond to Jesus? Thank you. I can see your hand. That's so awesome. So proud of you. Thank you, sir. I can see your hand. That's so awesome. I'm so proud of you. Thank you for turning back to God. Is there anyone else? Thank you for just renewing your heart before the Lord. Is there anyone else that would say, you know what, I want to say yes again to Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Wow. What a powerful word. And I believe that what Connor is saying is absolutely correct and true and in the seasons of the Lord over us, that we are no longer in a season of being hidden and hiddenness and hiding, but that God wants us to lift our faces before Him with no shame, no sense of I'm not good enough or worthy enough. And so if that word was for you, I believe that's for us as a church family. I believe many of us need to respond to this word that the season of hiding is over. It's time just to walk out from shame. It's time to walk out from not feeling worthy enough. It's just time to come out and lift our face before the Lord and believe in the love of God being a love that is powerful enough to set us free. So my altar call, our altar call this morning is really simple. I just want to invite everyone right now all across this room, can we all stand up? Those uh, two of you that I saw who lifted up your hands, there may have been more or you may have wanted to lift up your hand, but you didn't. What I'm going to do is I'm going to invite people to come to the front. I'd love for you to come to the front as well as people come to the front. But the altar call, the challenge, the prayer that we're going to pray this morning is you know you've been hiding. 
there's something in you that hides from the Lord. You just can't bear your heart before Him in a full way. Something holds you back. Maybe it's shame. Maybe it's lack of believing in the blood of Christ and what He's done has been good enough for you. Maybe you feel like you just let Him down over and over again and what's the point? Whatever it is that causes you to hide from Him, my request of you this morning is take that with you to the front and lay it down on the altar and say, Lord, I'm laying this down because God, I've heard this morning that You want me and this is holding me back from You and I want nothing between us. So that's my altar call. If that's You, begin to make Your way to the front. Bring the thing. Bring it that's holding you back. Bring the thing that you're causing you to hide before the Lord. And we're going to pray because this season of hiding, it is over. If anything else in that message spoke to you, I want to invite you to come to the front as well. God's going to minister powerfully on this altar this morning. People's hearts will be touched. The power of God will flow. I just want to invite you just to come to the front. Just come to the front. There's more of you. I know there is. The Lord is calling you. There's no shame here. Shame off you. Shame is not allowed in the atmosphere of Jesus. Holy Spirit. I'm going to invite um, some of our leaders. I'd love Dione. Can you please help us to pray? And um, Don and Helen, I'd really, really value your prayers. Ask for you to pray if you could. Holy Spirit, all of our leaders, you're you're invited to pray. Angela, Spirit of the Lord is here. So we're going to pray. And as as we begin to minister, I just want to invite our just our team just to begin to start ministering right now. God is here. God is moving. We're going to officially close the meeting. We're going to say that we love you. We're going to say, I'm going to ask you to go out and live an incredibly victorious week. Don't forget that Chad is here on Friday night. It will be a powerful night. You won't want to miss it. Tea and coffee is at the back. Church is officially over. I'm going to ask that James continues to play play on the guitar. And we're going to minister. Some of you, you haven't come forward yet. I just want to invite you to come forward too. The church is done. Invite someone out for lunch. We love you and God bless you. Amen.